Dear listeners, the following recordings were written and produced with you in mind. These episodes will add joy to your life, fill you with inquisitive thoughts, and leave you thinking to yourself, Hey Rob. Hey Kaj. Can Can you you say say that again? Welcome to the Say That Again podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I think this is episode number 24. I'm not sure. This is episode number 24. Okay. I lost count. Um, Thank you so much for listening, showing us love. We hope that you guys have been enjoying the episodes. As we have... How do I put this? As the episodes continue... We've kind of been honing in on a specific direction we want to move. And so you'll start to notice we talk about less and less random topics and we'll, we start to hone in on um, the, I guess, what would you call it, Kaj? It would be more like the culture from a Christian perspective. Sure. Mainly talking about Christianity and Christian culture. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll still sprinkle some other things in, but that's kind of the direction we're going to be taking. So we uh, we hope you guys are uh, here to stick with us for the uh, the bumps and the and the the roller coaster that is this podcast. And we know this intro is sloppy, but hey, that's what we're known for. So uh, thank you for sticking with us. So Kaj. What? I was just letting the, I was letting the awkward pause settle. Uh, I was I was very because do you remember what a couple episodes ago you just you just sat there and gave me this this really long awkward well, pause. That was my fault because I said Rob, do you want to do the intro? And he said, Yeah, I got it. And he said, Bet. And then when I went to do the intro, I forgot that I asked Rob to do the intro, and I started to do the intro, and then I didn't have a mental plan of where to go after, and. I just it was like a deer in headlights. And so Rob that was, was like, payback. And Rob was like, what are you doing? You messed up your own plan. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you're right. That so, that, so that long pause was payback. Yeah. So all yeah. that to say is uh, Rob is probably going to be doing more of the intros. <laughs> <laughs> so now that, I've, now that I've taken my revenge on Kaja, um, there's a lot <laughs> happening in America right now. <laughs> what? That's so funny. Jesus is uh is at the forefront of the news in a lot of ways right now. And um the biggest is We are recording this on March first, twenty twenty three. Yeah, we are late to the game talking about this. This will be posted probably March fourteenth or fifteenth. Yeah, I think it'll be dropped in two weeks. Yeah. So yeah, so like I was saying, we are seeing what people are calling a revival in America right now and a Jesus movement part two. And um, this all started with Asbury University had a chapel that just extended, you know, an extra couple hours and then an extended a day and then a week and then two weeks and now 16 days. And I think they just got kicked out of the facility because they need to go back to class. Well, and partly because so many people were coming, the staff just was like, we need to sleep. <laughs> yeah. 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 They were totally on board for the spirit to move, but we also know that God wants us to work 
and there's a time for prayer. Well, what they didn't like be like, okay, we need to stop the revival. They were just like, I think they were like, we need to have it in a different room off campus. Well, they moved it off campus. Absolutely. Yeah. Off campus. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just, I think they're probably still people praying and worshiping right now. If I had to guess. No, I would assume so, but probably a large majority of them don't go to Asbury University. Yes. I would assume that the students who missed two weeks of school are probably either facing academic probation for a lot of their classes or their teachers have shown grace and that was just, there was just a two week lapse in the semester. That's my guess. Also, the town itself was overwhelmed because yeah. of the amount of people that were traveling there. Yeah. To experience the meeting. Yeah. Talk about economic impact. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Remember when Jesus cast the pigs into the into the lake? Not the same economic impact. Not no, but I'm, the kingdom will have economic impacts on your on your place. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So th- the question though is. And Kaj, you, you, I feel like would be good to speak to this. Oh boy. Was it a real revival? Is it, is it a real revival? Is the spirit moving in such a way that America is having another Jesus revolution? Well, I'll say that I'm not the right person to ask that question because I haven't read enough about it. Um, I think a better question to ask is what is a revival? And what is revival culture and how do, how does the church and Christians generally keep it authentic and not try to manufacture something? Yeah. Cause I, I haven't lived through like one of like the quote unquote big revivals. Um, but from things I've listened to books, I've read people I've talked to. I think one thing that can happen is like after the, Like if the spirit is moving, if the Holy Spirit is moving in one specific way during a specific time at a certain place or even an extended time, people will then try to experience God in the exact same way at a later period in time by acting the same way that they were acting when the spirit was moving in that place. And sometimes it's subconscious, like it's not like, okay, we're going to do this to try and like, you know, feel the same thing or make God work in the same way. Um, but I think there's a difference between like that authentic revival where like, okay, the spirit is just moving. This is prompted by God. This is led by God. People are being touched. It's not about the money. It's not about, you know, getting famous, getting views. It's actually about humbling ourselves before the Lord, experiencing his presence, confessing sin, forgiving others, worshiping him for who he is. I think that's like authentic, you know, revival that's natural in that way, opposed to like, okay, we're going to make sure we do X, Y, and Z. We're going to say, we're going to sing these songs X amount of times. We're going to feel this thing. And that's what a revival is. Yeah. And I think even adding to what you said, because I loved everything you had to say, but I think even beyond the moment that you're speaking of in, in which we, you know, experience full on repentance in which we experience the Holy spirit moving, right? The revival is not that day, right? The revival is and can be categorized as the fruits that come out of that day, right? So like you could have a revival like Asbury, right? And maybe when it's all died down, people go back to living the same way, not a revival, 
right? We don't know what it's going to look like, right? So I'm not judging anyone who went there. I'm not saying that that's what it is, but I'm saying that would not be categorized as a revival. A revival would would be people fully changing their lives for the long term, right? And Jesus calling them and them receiving that call humbly and walking out in holiness, right? For the rest of their days. That would that would be revival to me. Right. Okay. So this goes back to what my first question was of like, what is a revival? Yeah. And I don't even want to Google the definition because I'm sure that'll get us off on a rabbit trail. Um, but I, I, when I think of revival, not in terms of like what it actually should be, but in the way that it's used, I think it's normally used in a way of like, we strongly encountered God's presence in a certain way and God was doing something powerful. And like you said, sometimes people can still encounter God, but not actively change how they're living yeah. after that. But that doesn't mean that God didn't move. It just means that they chose not to respond to that. Well, God's movement doesn't automatically equal revival either. So, but again, but this is in terms of defining the term. I think a lot of times when sometimes, and maybe this is just our generation, maybe not past generations, but when people think of revival, they're saying it's just like, okay, God was very present in this place and we could tangibly experience his presence and we had powerful times of prayer and worship. And like, okay, maybe that's what a revival is. But I think to your point, revival also includes um, people getting saved, like the gospel going forth, like that that um, passion for the loss being stirred within people, in addition to there being change in people's lives and like, you know, repentance of sin and then no, no longer walking in that sin after you have that encounter with God. Yeah. The Holy spirit can move within people, but not dwell. Right. Like that's the the issue. I think people don't understand is they could feel the Holy spirit move within them. They can feel a stirring of the spirit, but the Holy spirit may not continue to dwell within them, right? It, it, they just, they might not be receiving the calling of God, right? And into salvation. So I think that's a major issue is that people, they equate feelings with revival, right? Like I felt the Lord move in mighty ways. This is a revival. Like, and and if enough people say that it, they, they call it a revival. You know what I think a revival is? Yeah. Look at Jonah. Right in the Bible, mm-hmm. Jonah was sent to Nineveh. He didn't want to go to Nineveh because they were evil, vile yeah, people. They, they slapped people with fish. They <laughs> shout out Veggie Tales. <laughs> um, they were evil, vile people. God, God told him to go. He didn't want to. God made him right. But what happened out of that? What happened out of Jonah's? obedience, right? God kind of forced them to go, but right. That God forces us to do everything, right? I guess, you know, we don't, we can't do anything within our own sinful um, hearts. But what I'm saying is Jonah went to Nineveh. He preached the gospel and the entire nation repented. Mm-hmm. Yep. And their legacy from that moment on was repentance, fall on their face, worship the God of the Israelites, right? The true God. That's what I think of when I think of actual revival. Yeah. I think 
that is the, cause that's, I think the, the pinnacle miracle that, you know, God works in the heart of men is turning from wicked ways and then, you know, following him. Yeah. <clears throat> and that, yeah, that, that fruit is probably the like biggest tell of, I would say an actual revival, especially a revival in a nation that, you know, isn't like a Christian nation. And the only true like Christian nation would be like Israel. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but that's now the state of Israel is, isn't a hundred percent equated with, you know, actual Israel from the Bible. Yeah. So there isn't really like a Christian, Christian nation. Um, you can have like some Christian principles, but you're, we're in a nation of unbelievers and the presence of God moving and his people experiencing him in a powerful way. And then also partnering with him to spread the truth of his son to those around them. And then people responding to that in massive, massive ways. Even like you think of acts, right? Like that's a revival. Yeah. You know, well, that was, that was the Holy spirit exactly. literally pouring out on people for the first time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that, that is, that's actually the definition right. of then, a revival. And then after the quote unquote revival tapers off ends, whatever it is, then there's like the pastoring that has to happen. Cause I remember listening to one guy, he's like, you know, in the Jesus movement in the seventies or eighties, it's like all these people are getting saved and coming to church and like, no one knows how to live like a Christian. So now we have to teach them the basic principles of Christian well, living. Well, that's what's crazy. Know? Yeah. Like the Jesus. So, that, so it's like when Jesus moves like that and it's, you know, there's that much happening, it's, there's almost guaranteed to be mess. But that's like, but I'd but rather the church would design. rather deal with mess, right? Like, well, it depends on the church. Well, I'm saying a healthy church, correct, should be okay with dealing with a mess, correct? Yes. Yeah, but it's that mess just from all these people who have you know baggage from life, you know, yeah, coming in. And, well, because that's the thing too. People come in with with horrible theology and what they believe about God too. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they can't be saved, right? You can have bad theology and be saved at the same time, right? Right, and it's really hard to pastor through that. Yep. You have to really help people work through their issues and, and work through the Bible in a, in a way that, you know, is, is difficult sometimes. So why would anyone want to be a pastor? Oh gosh. Listen to episode Tune 25. In to the next episode <laughs> with Grant. Um, right. You had some other stuff you wanted to talk about. Jesus well, no, Revolution. dude, you mentioned, you mentioned, you mentioned the Jesus movement in the seventies and eighties and, and yeah, it's it's funny you say because the the Jesus Revolution movie just came out, and we were oh that's we should watch that and do a reaction. You know what? I actually I want to watch it too. I, I really want. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet. You know what's really funny though? So the Jesus Revolution. So there's there's a handful of churches that are known to have started the Jesus movement. Right. Um, Calvary Chapel is one of the first two, and the Jesus movement touches on Calvary Chapel a little bit, but but it's mainly about the story of Greg Laurie. And, um, is Lonnie Frisbee in it too? The I, character? Off the top of my head, I don't know. Not the actor, the character. No, no, no. I know what you're okay, saying, right. but I, at the top of my head, I don't know. I haven't you know there's a documentary about him too that I want to watch? Really? Yeah. There's a lot that, a lot of good film out there. A lot of good film out there. But, um, but yeah, the Jesus Revolution. Like I was saying, so Calvary Chapel is known as like one of the, the starters of, or not starters of, one of the churches that kind of took hold of, of the movement and ran with it. Right. Um, shout out to Chuck Smith, the founder of Calvary chapel and his, uh, his coast, the Mesa ministry that spread around the world. But anyway, um, dude, there was just such a major issue with people getting baptized. Right. And then not knowing what to do, mm-hmm. you know, they were, yeah. they were told that they now, you know, were saved. Right. They were told they were saved. They were told 
the spirit dwelled within them. But that's, I don't know how I feel about that. And that's what's difficult is you can't tell someone they're saved. There's a lot of genuine Holy Spirit movement. There's for sure people giving their lives to the Lord through this. But so you're thinking about how to pastor people after a revival. How do you maybe tell someone who went to this that thinks they're saved, but they're clearly not? Like, how do you tell them that they're not? Or how do you work through certain theological discrepancies? Maybe, maybe they believe something about God. Maybe they believe something about God that's not true. And maybe that's why they decided to believe in God through this revival. Like, I don't know any of the theology that was preached. Obviously we know the, was the, there preaching happening? There was a, there was, it there was, was a chapel periodic, but I thought it was mainly just prayer and worship. Right. Or yeah. But the, there was a chapel that started preaching. the whole thing. Right. That message was fine. Yeah. That message was fine. Did you listen to it? I listened to, I listened to a majority of it. Okay. It meant I had no, I had no qualms with it, but I don't know. I, I didn't watch any of the, you had no problems with I it. I had no problems with it. Um, Stay tuned to the end of the episode for our new segment. Um, yeah, I had no issues. I don't know any of the preaching that went on during, right? I didn't, I didn't watch the videos or anything like that of, of, of the preaching. I should have, um, but I haven't. I, I, I pray and I hope that it's a genuine movement of the spirit. And I don't want to be that guy who's worry, right? I don't want to be that guy who, who looks like he's judging from the outside, but we are called to, you know, kind of, kind of walk cautiously, right? Galatians talks about the false gospels being preached and we just want to, when people are talking big talk about the movement of the Holy spirit and God changing lives, we want to examine it through the lens of scripture to ensure that these people, because they have to be shepherded now, right? Because a lot of these people who came in don't go to church, or maybe a lot of them do, and are given the lives for the first time. But but I'm assuming like a lot of these people. I think it was mainly Christians, though. Really, it doesn't seem like it was a crusade. Well, I saw. First. Well, no, no, no. Mainly, well, definitely not a crusade. People were coming because of the report of the Spirit of God being in that place, and people were like, "I want to go and." Be in that place where God is moving. Well, I just know, like, even listening to some interviews, like a lot of like people in the LGBTQ community were, were talking positively of this. And, really? Yeah. That's so that's dope. what, and that's what I was getting at, right? Like, okay. a lot of these people need to find churches now. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people need to be pastored and shepherded, yeah. right? And and I'm praying that this is going to be a good mess for churches that to, right. to, to work through, right? Right. So yeah, I'm re- I'm really hoping that this is this is going to be a positive movement, and we'll only know by the fruits, right? We see churches all around the country now starting similar revivals, or not starting revivals, but feeling the movement of the spirit in reference to the Asbury revival. And a lot of them will say the spirit was moving there, now the spirit's moving here, right? So it's like a chain reaction, and and, and oftentimes we have to look at a chain reaction. Is this a chain reaction in reference to the spirit's movement, or is this a chain reaction in reference to us wanting to feel the spirit's movement the same way they were feeling it there? I think and I forcing think, it. I think both are are valid. 
we do have to be wary of you can't force it but you can create space for it yeah and part of what i think is happening is people in our generation who may have not experienced a revival in the past or people in previous generations who have experienced a revival but haven't been walking in that close proximity to god's movement it's like oh wait god still moves in this way let's create space for god to move in this way where we are which is a good thing now obviously you know then you can do things to like quote unquote force it that are fake and manufactured which is not what you want to do yeah but there is a genuineness to the like oh wait we see god moving in this way god we're creating this space we're going to pray and worship more please come meet us your presence and meet us um and i think that's good because i think we can really forget that God still does move in those ways. I mean, you think about it, um, this quick uh, story in, is it, I guess, 1 Samuel? Um, yeah, in 1 Samuel, there's like a story of how Saul is, um, I think, right after he had been anointed king, but wasn't appointed king, like in that space, um, there's like one town where there's a bunch of prophets, and like Saul is walking by or he's with the prophets. And then when he comes into proximity with them, he begins prophesying as well. But then once he leaves, he's no longer prophesying. And there's like this Israelite proverb of like, oh, does is even Saul among the prophets? Um, but the point of that is like, there is something that happens about like, okay, God is moving with these people or he's moving in this place and being in proximity to the work of the Holy Spirit is like a powerful thing. And I think that that chain reaction can be real, but we just have to make sure that if we're creating space for God to move in those ways, it's not, okay, we're going to do X, Y, and Z to try and feel the same way that those people did or try and recreate a feeling that we had in the past. But like, let's create a space for God to move and be like, God, please come and move. And then the rest is up to him as we worship. Yeah. I pray it's real. Yeah. Right. I, I earnestly pray and I'm, I'm, I plead with God that this is real. Cause that would be huge. It would be monumental because we America have become a secular nation who is falling further and further away from holiness. And this would be massive to see a revival, to see people getting saved and and to see a change from darkness to light in this nation. So here's the praying man. Here's the praying, the pursuit of holiness from these revivals continues, you know, it's, it's really cool to see. And it's, it's really awesome that we have the internet and we're able to, to right. follow along almost in real time. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Dope. All right. Now for our new segment of this podcast, as we wrap up that conversation is our problem of the week. Now, Rob is a is a man, as many of you know, he's a man of strong opinions. Not only is he a man of strong opinions, he's a man of strong, enabled body. In addition to being a man of strong, enabled body, he's also a man of strong problems, which in college were nicknamed Roblems, and we're bringing it back for all of you to enjoy. So do I, do I say what the first problem of the week is, or do I ask you what the problem of the week is? Cause we're still figuring out this segment. Yeah. Um, Did you like my introduction? No, I loved it. No, I loved it. 
It was awesome. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I, I am a man of strong opinions <laughs> and many problems. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll share. Or should, should I start with a story? You, you start. You know, you start with a story. I don't want to. I don't want it to be embarrassing, though. So I'll. I don't okay. care. Okay. I don't get embarrassed. That's right. That's right. Because you're a man of strong arms. Okay. So, <laughs> a ma- I don't know. At one point, we were recording the podcast. Maybe a month ago, I come down to the basement, and I'm like, "What is that on the floor underneath the table? I'm like, what? That is so b- a bizarre looking thing." And as I bend down to look closer, it's one of those. Uh, like the single-use floss, Johns. Like not the the rope, but it's like the handle with the little floss. In floss between. pick. It's a floss pick. It's yeah. a floss pick. And I'm like, this is hilarious. So I sent a picture of it to Rob's wife because in college, when they were dating, there's a picture that Rob that uh, Jacqueline took of Rob flossing his teeth in the Widener Library. And the caption was 99 problems, but floss ain't one. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is such a problem. He's like the little floss pick. I floss when I work, right? Here's the thing. I was like, I'm like, I've never seen someone floss as much as Rob. Here, here's, here's my issue. My problem. Here's your problem. The floor is yours. Here's my problem. Here's my problem. <laughs> Oral health is big. But nobody cares. I floss a lot because I get buildup in my teeth, right? Some people have better genetics than I, and they don't have to floss as much. But I do. Do you eat a lot of popcorn? No. Okay. No, I don't eat a lot of popcorn. It's just general. I was just wondering if I could have solved your problem. No, I have I have just general issues like with food just getting stuck in my teeth. And that's fine, right? I solved the problem with flossing. Now here's my other problem too. <laughs> I uh, love this segment. So I have bad breath, right? Didn't figure it out until I don't know, maybe a few years ago. So after you got married, maybe engaged. Okay. My issue was I didn't know where my bad breath was coming from. So after a long time of searching, it was my tongue. I figured it out. It was my tongue. So I went on Amazon, I bought a four pack of tongue brushes and I brush my tongue minimum two times a day, at least three times a day. Because here's the thing, brushing your teeth with your toothbrush is not good enough. You need a specific tongue <laughs> Why brush. Why did you have to look into the camera? So I need people to know this. I, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking to the men who think that their breath doesn't smell. Ladies too. I brush my teeth once in the morning, once at night. And that's fine. And floss once at night. And the, that's a that's good oral health. Okay, I, I just needed the, the improvement. But here's the thing. You should floss after lunch, right? Because you got all the sugars and stuff and, and all the, the food just kind of sitting there. And at the very minimum, you should rinse with water. You should rinse your mouth out with water. But here's the thing, you have to brush your tongue, because especially when you wake up, because if you don't, there's bacteria sitting on your tongue. Some people have more than others, I have a ton. Isn't that natural bacteria though? It's, it, they're bad breath germs, they cause hal- halitosis. 
Who? Halitosis. Halitosis? Uh, I think, yeah. It's a gum disease, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Um, yeah, it's not good. Yikes. So you want to make sure there's good... Yo, ba- we're learning all kinds of stuff. Today. There's good bacteria that sits on your tongue. But when you sleep, right? So most people sleep with their mouth open, right? I try and sleep and breathe through my nose. But every once in a while, you're sick, right? You breathe through your mouth open. The problem is your mouth gets dry and it fills with bacteria, uh, right? And sometimes it happens when you when you sleep with, you know, with your mouth closed. But the majority of the time, it's most people with their mouth open. Their mouth's dry. When they wake up, they drink water, right? They don't realize their, their tongue still has a ton of bacteria on it. So just brush your tongue, people. Wow. We're not sponsored by any tongue brush, but... Oral sponsor us. Oral B. Oral B is actually the tongue brush I use. Sponsor us. That was really funny you said that. Go on Amazon. Do yourself here. They're $12 for a four pack. Don't buy them yet. I'll, I'm going to look up a distributor to see if I can start selling them. Once I'm selling them, then buy them. Your, bre- <laughs> your breath game will be changed forever. That is my problem of the week. And also my gift to you. And with that... Thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Shoo.